Dear friends, we welcome you to our weekly podcast, The Lilies. The Lilies is the weekly podcast of the New Covenant Faith Outreach, the Outreach arm of the New Covenant Faith Foundation. Today is episode number 17. And the topic is longer and safer. Longer and safer. I like to read Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 and verse 18. Exodus 13, 17 and 18. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine territory, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So, God led the people through the So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt armed for battle. Longer and safer. Now, the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt was one of the most unique interventions of God in history, not only for the Jews, but for the whole world, because you know that the purpose of God, the covenant God had with Abraham, had a universal imperative and also an eternal imperative. It was through the line of Abraham that the Savior, Redeemer, came. That covenant was redemptive in nature. Even though it began with the Jews, it was going to culminate in the salvation of the whole world. And uh, that is why we have salvation. So it was important to God. Now, after the deliverance from the the, um, cruelness of Pharaoh, the Lord decided not to take them from Goshen to Canaan through the north. Traveling from Goshen to Canaan through the north along the coastal plain was the shortest and direct route to the promised land. If there was a route, original route to the promised land, it was from Goshen through the northern route to Canaan. And this route would have taken them 40 days between Goshen to Canaan. And they would have arrived and settled in the promised land. But God considered, the Lord considered a number of factors. Number one, the Egyptians had fortified this coastal route for their own internal security. It was customary those days for mighty nations to build walls, fortify their roots, just like we saw of Jericho, to show their strength and to prevent uh, other nations from invading them and taking them unawares. Now, being heavily guarded by a string of Egyptian fortress, the people would face lots of battle from the onset, 
and probably changing their mind to go back to Egypt. So God didn't want that. The Lord considered the future also. He considered the future implication of taking this route because there were some Philistine people in Canaan at that early time. Though they were not dominant as at the period, but later they increased in number and uh, conquered this area, invaded the area. In fact, the area as of the 12th century became known as, as Philistine territory because they had conquered and taken over the area. So God saw, looked at the future. What will become the future of my people? If they take this route, even if it is it, it were safer at the beginning, what would be the future implication of living in the midst of a dominant Philistine territory? Number three, the Lord took them because of the reasons um, stated through an alternative route, the southern direction along the western shore of the Sinai Peninsula until they reached Mount Sinai in the south central region of the peninsula. Now, this route the Lord decided to take, which was an alternative route, it was not the original route, took them 40 years. Instead of 40 days to take a direct route, the main road, and arrive quickly, the Lord, for a number of factors, resolved to take them through a route through the south, and that lasted for 40 years. My friend, there are a number of lessons quickly I want to draw from here. Number one, when you obtain salvation, salvation itself is the beginning point of a program of God for your life. When you become a, a child of God through salvation and faith in Jesus, you become part of his family. It, it becomes God's responsibility to take care of you. God takes over. So salvation is not the end of struggle with life. There are contentions, there are struggles, and God looks at you. God takes responsibility. He does everything to ensure your safety. Sometimes at the beginning, you may not understand. So after salvation, there are battles to, be, to, to face, and God himself knows what and what to do to save you from those battles. He wants you to land in safety, not just to travel safely. No. The Lord's intention is not that you should travel safely or travel without challenges or without hurt or travel without uh, much labor. No. He wants you to travel, to land safely. Number two, the way of destiny is in the hand of God. Absolutely. Everybody has a, an, a, a vision, an understanding, a kind of yearning, what you want to become in life. But God is the author, is the architect of destiny. He is also the pathfinder. He is the guide on the way. It is only by understanding his counsel and walking through his counsel that we can achieve whatever desire we have in life. In Acts chapter 17, the Bible says, in him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. So nobody can chart the course of his own destiny. As human beings, we must walk to achieve our destiny. But the ultimate determinant, determiner of whether or not we will achieve that destiny is God. If God allows us, sometimes we, get, we can get stuck on the road and get frustrated 
and may not achieve that destiny. You may also be wealthy in life, but may not achieve God's intention for your, for your, for your, and purpose for you. Number three, God's purpose for your life is beyond whatever you are looking for at the present. In the present, assuming you want to be a footballer, and your aim is to be the famous person in your country and develop your community, God's purpose for you is beyond that. God wants to be glorified through what you are doing. God wants to be glorified through what you are doing. And because you want to be glorified, there is a personality he wants to raise in you that will give him glory. Your football, apart from making you famous and popular and making you wealthy, God also wants to use it to rule his own world, to touch lives, to do things that will have eternal value. And there is a personality in you that wouldn't allow that to be achieved. And because he cannot share his glory with any other, he can do anything to raise that personality in you. Sometimes we will look at them as delay. God can delay you just to achieve his purpose for your life and raise the kind of person that he wants. When God had a covenant with Abraham in Genesis chapter uh, chapter 13, chapter 13, Genesis chapter 13, um, when God had a, I think from verse 15 or thereabout, um, or is it chapter, yes, Genesis chapter, yes, chapter, yeah, chapter 13 or chapter 15, um, God told Abraham, he said, your descendants will be strangers in a strange land for 400 years. But eventually, when they left Egypt, they had spent 430 years. One of the reasons was that the instrument God wanted to use, the, Moses, was not ready. Moses began by, you know, angrily, you know, contending with the Egyptians, fighting to protect the Jews. It was not wrong from his own point of view. He did not know what was pushing him. There was this zeal. There was this, this yearning to, to save his people. Even though he was in Pharaoh's house, he knew he was not a Jew, a, 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 an Egyptian. He was a Jew. He did not like the oppress, uh, oppression of his people. But that was not what God wanted. God did not want a, a guerrilla warfare. And God allowed him to be taken to, to, to Haran, where he became a shepherd, the son of, a, of the king. Moses was being raised to be the next king. The pharaoh of Egypt at that time did not have a son. But God humbled him, made him a shepherd. To be a shepherd as a Jew, as, a, as, a, as an Egyptian, was the most humiliating thing. If you remember, when they got to Egypt, the Egyptians gave them the land of Goshen, where they were grasses, because Egyptians, do, do, at that time, do not eat cows. They don't live with cows. It was a taboo in their place. So for an Egyptian to be a shepherd was humiliating. It was, it was, it was abhorrent. But God had allowed Moses to go through that. And Moses spent 40 years there. Eventually, by the time he saw the burning bush, he was 80 years old. This delayed the deliverance for about 40, about an uh, extra 30 years. So God can do take you through a long route. He can do anything until he achieves the person. When the Lord achieved the person, what did Moses? He now sent him. And God could not say that Moses was the meekest man on earth. How did he achieve that? How was the son of Pharaoh who could order that somebody should be killed and it will be, it will be done? He became the meekest man. God achieved that. That is something in your life God wants to achieve. You may think what is happening to you is a delay. It is never a delay. God want to achieve a divine purpose. 
He wants to raise the person. He's taking you through the quarry. And to take somebody through the quarry is not easy. It would require chiseling. It will require, you know, iron work, hammer, and nail, and, 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 and the like. So it is not easy. To be a man after God's heart and to achieve destiny is not easy. Okay? The next thing I want you to know is that whenever God is involved in your journey, it is never late. It is never late. You are looking at your friends where they are. You're looking at yourself where you are. You're looking at how when you started. And you are looking at your effort, how much effort you have put in. Why you needed to be better than where you are now. That somebody is ahead of you does not make him the first person. Don't worry yourself. It is never late. When Lazarus, the friend of Jesus, died, Jesus knew. In fact, fact, the Lord knew when Lazarus became sick. Even though nobody sent for him at that time, he knew that Lazarus was sick. And he kept quiet. He knew what he was doing. After four days, Lazarus had died and was buried. And he told the disciples, our friend is sick. And later he told them he had died, but I'm going so that all of you, you know, for your sake, that you may know that I'm the Son of God and that God may be glorified through Lazarus. He said, this sickness is not unto death, but it is unto the glory of God. You can imagine somebody who was sick and that sickness was terminal. He eventually died. The Lord said, after Lazarus had died, Jesus said, the sickness is not unto death. Hear me, child of God. It is not late when the Lord is involved. It is not death when the Lord also, the hand of God is upon you. It is not death. Whenever the hand of God is upon you, it is not death. It is the glory of God. Because he he himself overcome death. He said, nobody can take away my life. I have power to lay down my life. And I have power to take my life again. And he said, my father who has given you to me is greater than all. No one can take you out of my father's hand. That is what Jesus said in John chapter 10, from verse 27 following. So he has power over death. In John 14 verse verse 19, he said, because I live, you also will live. So if Jesus is involved, hear me, child of God, that sickness is not death. It will give God glory. If God had wanted wanted you to die, you you don't have to be sick. Okay, so don't worry yourself. It is never late. When Jesus got to the 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 the, 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 the Lazarus house in Bethany, the sister said, "Ah, assuming you came on time, our brother wouldn't have died." And the Lord looked at them and said, "I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live, and whoever believes in me, even if he dies, he will live again." And um, Martha said, I know that on the resurrection day, Jesus said, Have I not told you that if you believe in me, your brother will live? Take away the stone. It took the Lord to, 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 to convince them. It was not easy to convince them to roll away the stone. It may not be easy now to convince you that what you are going through can turn to glory. It may not be easy. The situation is so hopeless. It may not be easy for you. It is difficult when they are telling you that what you are going through tomorrow will be better. It's difficult because you are looking at all the human parameters, 
all the natural possibilities, the limit of your efforts. You have looked at all of them. Know all the factors together. No one is pointing to the fact of possibility. But hear me. If you can listen to the Lord, the Lord said to Martha, didn't I tell you that if you believe, and they reluctantly go away the stone, and Jesus called Lazarus out. So even after four days, Jesus was not late. He was four days late, but he was on time. That was a purpose the Lord wanted to achieve, which Jesus achieved at the coming. If Jesus, the Lord had come and when Lazarus was sick and healed Lazarus, he wouldn't have made enough the, the kind of impact it made after Lazarus was raised from the dead four days after funeral. What are you going through today? Do you think it's hopeless? Do you think all hope is lost? Do you think it is over? You are uniquely made. The way to destiny is not easy. So don't give up. Don't be anxious. The Lord said, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, how can you tell somebody who is going through affliction, who is going through depression, you are telling the person that you should be grateful. You must be grateful because what you call delay is a platform through which the Lord is making you into the man he wants you to be. Job said in Job chapter 23 or so, verse 10, he said, I, the Lord knows the way I take. <laughs> he knows my route. He knows what I'm going through. And after he has tested me, after he has tried me, I will comfort as gold. In the end, I will comfort as gold. Did God comfort, Job comfort as gold? Yes. Did his, was his future better? Yes. He came forth as gold. You will comfort as gold. The Lord is working at his purpose in your life. And sometimes it is not easy. It is difficult for the ordinary mind to understand. Because the way of God is different from the way of man. The Bible says as the heaven is far from the earth, so is his understanding. Far from our own understanding. So you must be patient, my brother, my sister. You must keep hope alive. God has not finished with you. The route may be longer. And I, I want to assure you that it is safer for you. Number the last point again is that God is looking at your future. Look at look at look at the amazing grace of God. The Lord knew at, at, as at the time they left Egypt, that territory through the north had not become the territory of the Philistines. No. It was much, much later, around the 12th century, that the Philistines conquered the territory. And the, the Philistines were a few. But the Lord knew that these Philistines will be a source of a problem for my people in the future. And if you look at the, the, the history of the Philistines and the Israelites, they were one of the Israelites' arch enemies. So, many centuries to come, God decided to do something earlier to prevent future problems. Not only not, not for, that, for that generation, but for their children to come. Because the purpose of God for them is eternal. God knows your future. God knows what He is doing. What God is. It's only later you will understand what God is doing. Be patient with God. 
to work with God requires patience. He's not a human being. You need grace. That which God himself is the, is the architect. You need the, the, the wisdom of God to, to read it. If the Lord defines, the, the, the designs a building plan, you need his wisdom to interpret the plan that God designed. Only a, 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 an engineer could properly interpret. Nobody, no layman on his own without guidance can interpret a building plan. God is the architect and designer of your destiny. You need the spirit of God. You need the wisdom of God to interpret your, 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 the, the, the design and the route the Lord is taking to bring you to stardom. Finally, the Lord knows you. He knows your strength. He knows your weakness. He knows your capability. And he leads you in line with the grace you carry. He is your strength in weakness. He is your, your, your power when the human strength cannot carry you. It does depend on him. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord strengthen you. May the Lord help you to see beyond what you are, what you are going through today. And look at his purpose for your life. I could not do without you. It's a hymn I want to end with. I could not do without thee. Oh, Savior of the lost, whose precious blood redeemed me. At such tremendous cost, thy righteousness, thy pardon, thy precious blood must be my only hope and comfort. My glory and my plea, I could not do without thee. I cannot stand alone. I have no strength or goodness, no wisdom of my own. But thou, beloved Savior, art all in all to me, and weakness will be power if leaning hand on thee. May the Lord, who is the initiator of this journey, the architect and designer of your destiny, take you, no matter how long, take over all the battles, take over all the obstacles, and land you in safety. In the name of Jesus. Amen.